Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. everybody. Welcome to Game Day Birds Not Balls. My name is Micah Burgess. I am a bird doula in Waco, Texas. And I am really glad that you are here and with me and listening. Hey, by the way, if you're a listener, an active listener, and you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. That would be fantastic if you would subscribe. Uh, I don't usually say things like that. It just popped in my head. So I thought I'd ask you guys to subscribe and share. Let people know if you're getting something out of this podcast, let people know about it so they can benefit too. I am in the process of talking about my own personal birth experiences. I have covered birth one, two, three, and four with Gabrielle, Jacob, Anna Joy, and Isaac. And today I am talking about Naomi. She is my fifth and uh, she, I had the, she's my final home birth. Actually, I have obviously four other children. I have a busy life big family. Um, big, big, big is going to be the theme for this particular one. And you'll find out why. Um, and I am, you know, now I've been in motherhood and parenting for quite some time. And, and so I've, you know, kind of got a rhythm and, you know, I've got older children that are school age and, you know, baby number five is just fitting in with the flow. And so while some of my other birth experiences, I did comment how, you know, the birth part of it just felt very normal, very natural because I was a veteran, the mothering part of a baby, being the mom of a baby, I definitely felt the benefits of being a veteran mom with Naomi, just some things that I was able to implement and learn over the past uh, babies that I had already had. And so that was kind of cool. Um, I'm, the things that I remember about Naomi in terms of pregnancy, um, well, first of all, we kind of thought we were done after Isaac, baby number four. In fact, when we were engaged, we talked about that. Hey, how many kids do you want? We both knew we wanted more than one. We didn't want them to be by themselves. But both Michael and I are the oldest of four. So we we're like, and that's a big family. Like maybe we don't want any more than four, right? I don't know. We were kind of moving out of that season of having babies. I want to say he was three and a half, maybe four at this point. And, you know, we kind of thought we were done. Um, But then separately, both Michael and I started realizing we were both thinking about having another one. And even though we had talked about being done. And so we hadn't come together yet to really discuss it that we thought maybe God has another baby for us. You know, maybe. Isaac's not supposed to be the baby, like the one we almost lost and the baby. Like, y'all, the baby of the family is always the baby. The family's slightly spoiled. Come on now. If you're a baby, you know it's true. And then, you know, the baby that struggled um, medically or, you know, really had a hard time. I mean, there's a bond there and a and a worry there. And, you know, sometimes they're catered to, right? Well, that's a double whammy for Mr. Isaac over there. And anyway, so he's like three and a half, four. And I remember one day he was just like, I want a baby sister. And when he said it, my husband and I looked at each other and we just knew, yes, 
we are supposed to have another one. And we knew immediately before we had a sonogram or anything, we're having a girl. <laughs> we just knew it. And we did. Um, so that's kind of our story on, you know, how Naomi kind of came about. Like I said, we thought we were done. So also in the pregnancy, what I remember with Naomi is, oh my gosh. Okay. I've said I'm the worst pregnant person many times on this podcast. I've also said I'm a huge pregnant person. Oh, nah, you never seen anybody so big as me. Like y'all every <laughs> that last trimester, especially my final month, I was just gigantic. And I remember going to my midwife, the same midwife that delivered Anna Joy and Isaac. And, you know, I'm going in for my appointment and, you know, you pee on the stick and you weigh yourself and they measure you and all that good stuff. Right. It's just a checkup kind of thing. So I'd gotten on the scale and my husband is a lean guy. Okay. And he weighed at the time, I don't know, 180s, 90s, something like that. And now I am starting to weigh in my eighth month, 180, 90s, something. And so I looked at Tony and I was like, that is the last time I'm getting on the scale. And she was like, wait, what? Why? And I was like, I don't want to weigh more than my husband. And I don't, I certainly don't want to know that I weigh more than my husband. I don't want to see 200. Sorry. I'm not going to get back on the scale. Hey, after you've had four babies and this is baby number five, you kind of get to do whatever you want to do. You've earned that right to say, Nope, I'm done. Oh yeah. Also with that pregnancy, I forgot to tell you that I am the first 13, the first trimester. I lost about 13 pounds with Naomi but I was measuring three centimeters big, three weeks ahead, the entire pregnancy. So much so that my midwife sent me in to get a sonogram. She was like, are you having twins? Like, this is strange that you're, you know, measuring three centimeters big every single appointment and you lost 13 pounds. What's up with that? So wasn't having twins, just one baby in there. Um, and so huge, I'm coming back now to the huge part. I actually tell this story in my book, uh, The Humor and Birth, Stories and Insights from a Doula. So I'm, you know, eighth month. I got a few weeks left before I give birth. And my oldest daughter and I, Gabrielle, are going out to dinner, getting, getting some time together. Went to Olive Garden. And we finished our meal. I stood up. We're getting ready to leave. I took two steps and started crying. <laughs> like, it hurt so bad to walk. I just, every bone in my, and I was seeing a chiropractor every week, every bone, every joint, every step was just painful. That's how huge I was. And tried to gather myself, took a couple more steps. We're like now outside the door. And I looked at Gabrielle and I'm still crying. I was like, babe, I can't get to the car. And she looks at me and she looks at the parking lot and yes, spots the car. We're that close. She can see the car. I mean, it's going to take me several steps to get there, but she can see the car. And I was like, you're going to have to call your dad to come pick us up. Like I'm a mess. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And so she calls my husband and she goes, Hey dad, um, mom's in a lot of pain. She can't take any more steps. <laughs> she's crying and she needs you to come pick us up. We lived 20 minutes away from Olive Garden. Let me just tell you all that. And she looks at me and she goes, he's on his way, mom. <laughs> yes, my husband, Michael Burgess, is my hero. 
He pulls up. I get in the car. He takes me home, and I don't know. He got a friend later the next day to go pick up the other car. I, I can't remember that part of it. But that's, I'm just telling you guys, that's how bad it was. That's how big I was. That's how much pain I was in. So now we're coming close now. It's, we're, it's time. We're going to be giving birth. And and uh, I had a huge bathtub, and I was in that bathtub a lot. <laughs> it was awesome. And once again, labor, I mean, I'm laboring well, I'm breathing well, I'm relaxed. I, I'm, you know, know how to do it, but I was really, really nervous for some reason about pushing. I just had this sense that, man, this is, I don't know, this one's going to be different. I'm, I'm worried. And I knew she was going to be big. And that's a big deal to say that my baby is going to be big when I've already given birth to a nine and a half pounder. Right. So I was in the bathtub actually going through transition, doing really well. And my midwife says, Hey, you want to give birth in the tub? And once again, this is the same midwife that said with AJ, Hey, what if I break your water? Like it's time for baby to be born. Let me move that out of the way. And I freaked out because we hadn't talked about it. And I look, same thing. I freaked out. I was like, what? We haven't talked about a water birth. I don't know what that looks like. I'm not prepared for that. I don't know what that means. And then a contraction came in the middle of this conversation. And I jumped up out of the tub, literally jumped up out of the tub. I was like, get me out of here. So it took a couple people to help me get out of the tub because the bathtub wall was very high. It took a couple people to help me get out. And I mean, it is obvious baby is coming. It is time for me to push. Okay. Pause. I definitely wished I had listened to my midwife and stayed in the tub. If you were able to have a water birth, Oh heck yeah. That is the way to go. If that is an option for you, you want to find out more about that. You want to ask more questions about that, that I really wish I had done that. I should have done that. So now it's come time for me to push. And it was, I was pushing. And with some of my other ones, I mean, they were just kind of coming. I felt like the contractions were just birthing my baby. I just didn't feel like I had to push a whole, whole lot really, really hard. But I'm pushing with Naomi, like with everything I have. Okay. And it took several pushes. And finally, this big contraction, I gave this really big push. I like hollered out and her head was born. I knew her head was born. And, you know, they usually say head's born, you know, so that, you know, and I start screaming, get her out, get her out right now, get her out. Because my past experience is once the head's born, the body just slips right out. You did the hard part. You birthed the head. That's hard. It's really hard. And the baby, I mean, the rest of that body just comes right on out. Nope. Not with Naomi. Shoulder dystocia. Her shoulders are stuck. One of her shoulders is like caught. And so this means your midwife or your OB has to reach in, dislodge that shoulder and help pull your baby out. And now a word from our sponsors. Oh my gosh, this is not easy. This is not welcomed. You talk about sore the next few days. Yes, it is as bad as it sounds. And my husband looked at me and, well, because the midwife said, Micah, you're going to have to push her out. And I was like, I already did. And like, no, 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 you got to push her shoulders out. That's how huge this child was. 
So my husband looks at me and goes, babe, you can do this. You have got to push her shoulders out right now. And that's kind of the danger with shoulder dystocia is that if you can't get that shoulder dislodged and you already have the head out and this baby is legitimately stuck, you can't go backwards, right? You can't, even a C-section won't help. You can't pull the baby back in. So it can be a true emergency in, in the baby's life, right? Got to get that baby out. So I muster as much energy as I can find and push the fooey out of that child. And I actually, I was sitting on the birthing stool. <laughs> Once again, on the birthing stool. And when I pushed, I, I pushed so hard that I stood up. I was standing up, like backing up, just like using my legs to get that leverage to push as hard as I could. And so Tony has her hands kind of on the shoulders and is pulling as I'm pushing. And I mean, I'm, I can't even imagine how loud I was when I pushed her out, but she did come out. <laughs> She's here. She came out and everybody's jaw just kind of drops, you know, and I'm like, wait, what's going on? And Tony's like, Hey, we need to go ahead and lay Micah down. I immediately lay down. And I'm like, is everything okay? And she's like, you're bleeding more than I want you to. So she gave me medicine really quickly to kind of help, uh, stop with the bleeding. She was just that big of a baby there's lots of blood anyway sorry birth is messy y'all if y'all don't know that it's messy just be prepared all kinds of stuff <laughs> gonna be happening but that's okay that's okay y'all birth is still beautiful but messy okay so I'm laying down I've taken the medicine we're trying to get the bleeding to stop and I still see all these faces like what is going on like this shock and I was like hey is baby okay and my husband's looking at me and he's smiling he's like yep baby's great and you are one strong woman and I was like okay thanks anyway they weigh my child yes I said child she's not a baby y'all <laughs> Naomi was 12 pounds and 24 inches long that's the size of a three-month-old thank you very much I had a friend that was pregnant with twins and her twins are six pounds or less each I was carrying twins basically in one body no wonder I was in so much pain no wonder I was oh my gosh it was so hard you know in my pregnancy because I have a big life and you know there are some things we were working through just you know sometimes you're gonna have situations in your life you know family drama potentially that you're having to work through while you're pregnant that's not easy and I can remember Michael and I were actually seeing someone like in marriage counseling while I was pregnant with Naomi and this therapist literally looked at me and said I am prescribing for you that nothing is to be required of you right now. Nothing. And I'm like, wait, what? How can you prescribe that? It was like nothing. You, you should not be problem solving right now in your marriage. You guys need to just enjoy your date. Stop talking about the things that are wrong or that need to be improved. He's like, nothing should be required of you. That changed my life. If I was going to be honest, it was, that was huge. Oh, here's your big point in this podcast. This is it right here. Here's your gold nugget. Here's the one for free. When you're pregnant, you guys, there's a lot going on already. Don't add to it. I can't tell you how many clients are like remodeling their house or moving while they're pregnant. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you have to, you have to, but that you already have a lot going on, especially if you already have kids. Don't add to, don't add to it. And if there's drama going on, push pause. Like we will have to work on that later. I'm pregnant right now and you got enough going on. Okay. So don't require more of yourself than you should while you're pregnant. And so Naomi's born. She's this 
you know, huge baby, but she was a pretty easy baby. She was a really sweet baby. And I'm going to tell you some of the key things as a veteran mom that I was able to implement with her that I think were, man, I wish I had known when I was early on. So you guys listen up. These are, these are some good ones. So I told y'all earlier with Anna Joy, I'd kind of figured out how to avoid breast infections, kind of figured out the breastfeeding thing. I even got a little bit more with Naomi, even a little bit more um, proactive, even though I wasn't having breast infections, I was just very on top of the breastfeeding thing. And there were other ways that I wanted to bond with her besides just breastfeeding. But when I would breastfeed, I made sure I wasn't doing anything else. Like kids are playing. I'm not answering questions. I'm not multitasking. I don't want to talk on the phone. I don't want to read this story. I want that to be my quiet time with Naomi because she never hardly ever gets one-on-one time with me. Right. I already have four kids. So that was a very peaceful time for me. I actually enjoyed breastfeeding for the first time. <clears throat> I still continued to kind of monitor the time frame that I allowed her. So same thing. She breastfed on both sides and never more than about seven to 10 minutes on each side. And then breastfeeding's over. Like you're full, we're done. And now I'm going to cuddle and hold you and, and put you to sleep in other ways. I also, it dawned on me. I wish, like I said, it had dawned on me sooner that Okay, so babies, y'all want to eat every two to three hours. That's just the norm. They want to eat every two to three hours. They need to eat every two to three hours. So what I did with Naomi is when I looked at the clock and saw that it had been, I don't know, two and a half hours since I fed her, I literally went and got her and fed her. Now, if she was asleep, I didn't wake her up. I'm actually one of those people that believes you shouldn't wake up a sleeping baby. If your baby has a medical issue and your doctor tells you you have to wake them up because they need to gain weight, they need the nutrients because of a medical issue, okay. But beyond that, let the baby sleep. Sleep is just as important for them as eating This is how they heal. This is where they grow. This is how they get bigger. This is how they, I mean, sleep is really important. And a baby who sleeps well will continue to sleep well. A baby who doesn't take good naps and doesn't sleep well, they continue to not sleep well. You got to break that cycle, y'all. So a baby who sleeps for like big naps sleeps during the night too. Okay, there you go. There's another good one. There's another good tip. You want sleeping babies. You want, you want that. Okay, so, but again, it's two and a half hours. I know it's time to eat. So I didn't wait for her to start fussing and crying as my cue to feed my child. I'm the adult. I know when she needs to eat. I know she's hungry. So I just went and fed her. Guess what? She was not demanding. (laughs) She just was not a demanding kid because I was taking care of her needs because I knew they needed to be met. Don't, don't wait until your cue comes from your baby screaming and crying that it's time to eat. Now, sometimes they're going to do that. I mean, that's just how that works. It doesn't mean something's wrong because your baby is fussing at you to tell you that they're hungry. But if it's been two hours, two and a half hours, and you're looking at the clock, you don't have to wait until they tell you. Just go get them and feed them. I'm, I'm telling you, that's a brilliant one, you guys. I, it That changed my life. That changed my world. I loved that one. Um, and then also because she's baby number five, um, she just really fit in with the rhythm and the groove that we were already in. Now, I'm a big proponent, like I said, of sleeping, baby sleeping. 
and I do protect nap time when when they kind of find their rhythm at around three to four months old and you go, oh my gosh, they wake up at five and then they're ready for their morning nap at like 7 a.m. Don't schedule the appointment for 7 a.m. Like let your baby sleep or, and then, you know, they're awake for a couple of hours and then, you know, lunchtime is like 1130 and then by noon they want to go to bed. Yeah, then let it be later in life that you have lunch dates with your girlfriends. Like, let your baby sleep. I'm telling you, if you protect their sleep early on, that'll be huge. Okay, so I'm a big proponent of that. And I would do that for Naomi. But sometimes, because we already have life going, she learned how to very quickly take a nap in the car. You you sleep when you can. You sleep on the go. And she would. She'd fall asleep anywhere. Um, because that's what our life looked like. She just fit right in and flowed. And and I wasn't like making this huge separate schedule for her. Um, it was just part of the family. So those are the big things I want you to take away from this one is, yep, we had a big baby. Yep. It was challenging. Hey, here's some tips from a veteran mom that you can take along with you as your family is growing and enjoy your family and, and learn as you go and implement those things as a mom, as you have more kids, as you get older. And I mean, you're going to find that, uh, I say this a lot, man, I wish I had done some of the things that I did with my younger kids. I wish I had implemented some of those with my older ones, but y'all, I mean, it's okay. I didn't know. Right. I mean, a lot of it's trial and error. Every kid is different. So it's okay if you're learning and you're in process, but take those things as you learn those things, implement those things, find what works for you and enjoy those things that you're like, I got this. This part is good. This part I can handle. This part is working well. Um, because not everything is going to work well. So really celebrate and enjoy those things that are going well. So I enjoyed talking to you guys about Naomi's birth and looking forward to talking about my last one. Hey, thanks for joining me on game day, births, not balls. You can follow me on my Instagram page at my doula Micah. You can also find me on wacodoula.com, wacodoulas on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe or you can find us on roguemedianetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.